G'day, I'm Ian Swain, the owner of Swain Destinations, and welcome to another edition of G'day with Ian Swain. Today, my guest is another good mate of mine from New Zealand, who manages the exclusive Blanket Bay Lodge near Queenstown in the South Island of New Zealand, the adventure capital of the world. Anything adrenaline related can be experienced here. I first met Tom Butler many years ago at another great lodge named Grasmere in the high country of the South Island of New Zealand. Tom ran that lodge for many years before heading south for his first bungee jump and took over Blanket Bay. I'll let Tom talk about the lodge, but to me, Blanket Bay is the epitome of what a luxury lodge is. Built by a delightful American company 20 years ago, it's maintained its place as one of the top lodges in New Zealand all that time. So g'day, Tom. G'day, Ian. Good to see you. I think it's Kia Ora, isn't it? Oh, well. When, you, when you're in the adventure cavity, you can say what the hell you like. People scream all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I, I love coming to Queenstown all the time. And it's because uh, it's you're coming into winter now and it's, um, it's going to be beautiful down there. Yeah. How, have you, how have you and the team been keeping busy during the lockdown? Look, really, it's, it, we're very lucky that we live, all of our staff pretty much live within about five kilometres of the lodge. So we have staff housing uh, down in the little town in Glenorchy. Uh, and so we've been able to get people in and, and just work on general maintenance and uh, we were practicing social distancing quite well uh, until we've reached different levels and of course New Zealand's in a, in a great spot now with, with uh, a very safe environment around us so um, we're really into it now with all sorts of uh, painting and all the floors, you, you, you remember all the floors all throughout the lodge, lovely polished timber. Uh, and they're all getting cut back and, and, and redone at the moment. So there's, um, between that and tradesmen have been in for about, uh, oh, the better part of two or three weeks now. Um, so the lodge is, is, is kind of looking upside down at the moment, but it's something we do every year um, just to make sure that, that when uh, summer or spring rolls around again, the place is looking really, really good. Well, it's good to be able to take advantage of the downtime and to make that all those necessary adjustments. Are there any new experiences or additions you've added that you're most excited to showcase your guests once the restrictions are lifted? Yeah, I th look, there's a few things that we've been doing just in the ground. So adding the likes of uh, bocce ball, a bocce ball court, lawn chairs, lovely little outdoor barbecue areas. Um, we've, we've set aside some areas right around the lake that people can just take a, uh, a picnic hamper or we can take it down there secretly for them and set it up and that can be waiting for them if they're getting off a horse or even getting off a jet boat around the corner. So there are some really neat things right on site that, that we've added that guests can, can just sit down and relax. And I think one of the big things, people are often very, very busy uh, throughout their trip through New Zealand and they get to, we're often the finale, we're often one of the, the final stays. And it's really nice to be able to offer sort of two or three days of, of, of if they want to be out there doing things they can, um, but just being able to chill out and, and actually relax and take a deep breath, enjoy the incredible views around here. Um, and so we've been working hard to, to ensure that there are great options there for, for people to do that. I say that, uh, in addition, the zip lining uh, would probably be my favourite that's just opened up. So about five minutes up the valley, uh, the guy who actually built the original bungee jump uh, has established a zip line there. Um, and my math will do me an injustice here, but I want to say it's about 400 feet off the ground uh, and goes across a, a ravine of about 800 feet. So um, 
it's it's and that's the first one. So it, it's uh, and there are seven of them as you go down a valley and finish up over an old power station. Well, that's going to be fun. I've got to try that one. I mean, is that Henry Van Ash opened that up? It's actually the engineer uh, that did the okay. whole thing. So a guy that no one knows, um, but oh, right. fortunately he's got a good brain. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. The um, let's, let's talk about the, the lodge itself. And, and I know you've just created the new villa, which I saw last year when I was down there. Um, perhaps you can explain the differences between the lodge rooms, the suites, the chalets, and the villa, and of course the the owner's cottage. Yes. Yes. Well, we've got the lodges now spread out. As you say, uh, a couple of years ago we added the the villa, and I'm in fact sitting in front of the fire. Uh, in the villa today. It's a little bit chilly this morning, zero degrees. Uh, we're just getting into winter here in New Zealand. Um, and down in the lodge, it's a wee bit busy. So I've come up here to get away from all that. Um, the, the lodge itself is gorgeous. It, it is that quintessential New Zealand luxury lodge that, that helped put the, the, the lodges on the map here in the country. Um, it's got an incredible outlook over looking over Lake Wakatipu. Uh, and all of the rooms and, and suites, everything here has a view looking out over the lake uh, and, and mountains beyond. The lodge itself uh, has that love, it's full of timbers, old timbers from old bridge beams. In fact, uh, uh, chunks of it came from Australia, I have to say. Um, but the old Brisbane Wharf, uh, when it was dismantled, we, we, we took parts of the, the massive beams and they're actually used in the structure there. Um, so it oozes the, that, that woody, timbery, uh, chalet lodge feel. Um, and it, it, in, within the lodge, we have rooms and suites. So the rooms are our entry level. Um, they're, they're delightful. Uh, again, all have a little balcony overlooking the lake. Uh, they're on the, on the top level of the lodge, so they command uh, an impressive view. Um, and paired with those, we also have uh, three lodge suites. And they're built at the end of the building. So instead of having a, a view looking straight out, uh, they, their view actually goes more like sort of 270 degrees, if you like, um, right the way around, which are, which are quite, um, quite special. They all have uh, lovely fireplaces in them as well, as do our chalet suites. Uh, so the chalets of which there are four, uh, they have a slightly different vista. They look out over a sweeping lawn, um, they're cottages uh, and much more of a cottage style. Uh, again, very similar in the in the building and the and the manner and the actual construction of them. Um, and there, I think their view they look down the lake uh, towards the islands. There are two terrific little islands perched down there, Pig and Pigeon, um, and and down towards the Greenstone towards Queenstown, indeed. And then finally the the villa, and and it sits up very proudly upon the hill um, above everything, um, back from the lodge. And in fact, with clever uh, plantings, you can't really see any of the other buildings, certainly not into any of them. Uh, but it has four bedrooms and it's really designed for, for families or it's ideal for families or, or couples traveling together, um, that sort of thing. Four identical suites, so there's no fighting over who's got the best room. Uh, and then a large great room, which I'm sitting in right now, big fire, roaring fireplace in winter, um, large dining table, and this is fully serviced. So we'll have our chefs, come up here, our servers, concierge, everyone will be here uh, as much or as little as you like and, uh, and be looking after you, which is, which is great. The, um, one of the cool things about the villa, I think, is for families who are very busy, um, often don't see one, of the, one or both of the parents very often because busy lives get in the way. It's, you, they're, they're, they're in a wonderful area to sit down, to chat, 
And the cool thing is they can just be in their pajamas if they like. They can be in their pajamas, breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, for all week here. And it's really cool to see those families relax and unwind um, after you know getting off the helicopter or, or, or doing whatever, relive the day and 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 uh, and, and images or going through their pictures on the screen and and seeing those things. So it's a it's a it's such a great asset for the for the lodge. You know, the villa, we do a lot of multi-generational families, as you know, and we've had quite a few families come and stay at the villa and they just raved about it because exactly as you said, it gives them some great downtime to be together and alone as a family. And that's what people are going to be looking for coming out of the, um, uh, coming out of this whole um, pandemic. As I said before, and you've alluded to it, the Blanket Bay is the adventure capital of the world. And the experiences you offer from the property are exceptional. I love arranging transfers from Queensland Airport when our guests arrive by over-the-top helicopters with Choppy and her flying him down over Milford Sound, stopping at a beach on a glacier, and then landing in front of Blanket Bay with you there with a glass of bubbly to, to uh, welcome them. And that's the best way to get there. Um, some, of my, yeah, some of my experiences that I love doing there is Milford Sound, obviously, the Dart River jet boat, which is right from the dock of, of your um, front lawn, and, of course, the horse riding you mentioned. Perhaps you can elaborate a little bit more on the Dart River and the horse riding and, and anything else that you have arranged for guests when they're down there in the lodge area. Um, well, first of all, I think you're spot on, Ian. The, the, uh, having Choppy come and pick you up, uh, arriving on the lawn here, uh, being greeted with a, a glass of bubbles is nothing short of a rock star arrival. Um, and it's such a spectacular place to be flying. Uh, but beyond that, Milford Sound, uh, which is a must-do when people are coming to New Zealand. It's just one of the most scenic uh, Jurassic areas in the country. It really is beautiful. And any opportunity I get, uh, I'll still whip over there and uh, and and have a day have a day out. Um, so for me, a, a flight over to Milford or Fiordland National Park, and it doesn't necessarily need to be Milford. Um, uh, Choppy and her team, amongst others, know some really cool areas that you can get into. Um, landing on a mountaintop for lunch or, or whatever it might be. They're, they're really world-class, unique, um, and, and put a smile on my face every single time. Moreover, when I see people coming off the helicopter with beaming smiles, um, it's a real reward for me. It's a very cool thing to be able to share. Uh, so that would be my favourite. The Dart River is, is quintessentially New Zealand. You know, the, the jet boat was invented by a Kiwi bloke um, born just north of where I'm from, and uh, he he built the jet boat really for fun. Um, he was a farmer, and, and he would argue that he built it because he thought it would be get up the river and muster the sheep and the cattle a bit easier. Um, but I'm pretty sure that that wasn't his motivation at all. It, it really is just great fun, and you, it, it's hard, hard to explain. But you're in ten inches of water, doing about I don't know seventy mile an hour. Uh, and it's crystal clear water. You can see all the stones, the fish, and everything as you zoom past. And arguably, the Dart River is one of the is is one of the most popular uh, jet boating rivers amongst recreationalists as well. So it's seen as one of the great jet boating rivers in New Zealand. Um, and as soon as as soon as the the country started to free up a bit recently, um, this town was inundated with jet boaters. Uh, because the, the Dart River hadn't been operating, um, the, uh, all of the local blokes took the opportunity uh, and there were more boats on that river than I've ever seen before. It was very, very cool. Um, 
So that, that's another cool thing. For me, I love getting out on a mountain bike. Um, and so all of these things, uh, whether it be, look, you can, you can go heli biking if you don't want to bike uphill, um, or in addition to that, there are World Cup downhill tracks if you're really, really keen, or it might just be a plot around the, board, the, the boardwalk or along the lakefront or, or some of those areas. So there are the, I guess the, the opportunities and the areas, um, for a month you could be here and not bike the same trail twice. You could not walk or hike the same trail twice. Uh, and we've got the, the Great Walks, the Rootburn, the Milford, the, the Hollyford, all, all on our doorstep here. Mount Aspiring National Park is actually where you go jet boating on the Dart River. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a lot to offer uh, from both a, a scenic point of view, um, but if, if it's activity you want, then, then this is the place to come. In the, uh, to extend on the Dart River, you've also got the Funyaks where they can get up on those inflatable um, canoes basically and go up in the jet boat and come back down in the Funyak and it's a great experience as well. Um, let's talk about the dining experience at the lodge because that's a gastronomical affair and, and part of the trip, part of the main, one of the biggest part of the trips I enjoy the most because you've got great uh, selection of wines, a great bar down there. Um, but just explain some of the, how the dining works from breakfast through to dinner. Sure. So the, obviously we're in the country uh, and, and, and adjacent to the lodge, uh, the Tushes, the, the, the family that owns the property here also has around 10,000 acres of farmland. Um, so we're able to source from the farm and, and, and the produce that's, uh, uh, that's all grown, grown here. So everything's get local. And because we're, we're in the country, it's very much a country style breakfast. So if people want the full breakfast, uh, we will do that. If people just want something light and healthy, we can do that. It's very much some people in the mornings, and I'm one of them. Uh, if I haven't had a coffee, I won't function. Um, so people will often come through with sleepy eyes and, and murmur coffee. Um, they'll only need to do that one morning. And after that, the team will remember and we, we note it down. Uh, and the minute they see you turning around from, uh, from the fireplace in the great room, they'll have coffee ready and waiting for you. So it's a very personalised service and we're very proud of that. Uh, and put a lot of training and effort into um, ensuring that the, the, the delivery with dietaries and all sorts of things is done. So breakfast is taken in the main lodge and, uh, and people can catch up with the daily news or more the point is when the weather calls come through for, for all the activities for the day. So we're busy, our concierge or guest services team are down there telling them what's happening and when it's happening. Um, uh, beyond that, people are out for the day, so it's a very casual lunch. Often the, we'll have a full house and we may have no one in for lunch. Um, other days it can be a full house, so it's, it's, it's casual. Uh, however, in saying that, if people do want to come in and, and have a, uh, a, a splendid lunch, uh, the chef can always prepare a four or five courser, um, very simply. And, and we often do that. Uh, for people if it's their departure day, for instance, and they might get up and not have breakfast, have a lazy lunch and leave on that afternoon flight um, uh, back out home. But the evenings are, are really when it all comes together, I think. Um, it all starts off with a cocktail hour in the den, in the bar, and, uh, and we're, I'm there hosting that uh, every evening or most evenings. And when the tushers are in residence, they're also doing the same thing. So it's a great time for us to actually interact with our guests directly. Um, find out what things they've been doing, find out what things they've been enjoying, um, but more importantly, to drink something. Uh, so obviously we've got an affiliation with some of the wineries that the, uh, the Tushes are involved in. 
Um, but beyond that, Central Otago has some incredible Pinot Noir, some incredible Chardonnay, Pinot Gris. The wines coming out of this region are, are really world class. Um, on top of that, we've now got some great uh, distilleries that are that are doing wonderful spirits and, and of course the beers as well. So the cocktail and drinks hour really sets the scene for what's to come. Uh, and that's a, a, a menu that changes daily. Um, people never have the same thing twice when they're staying here unless they request it. And we have 17 rooms in the lodge, but beyond that we have 12 chefs. Um, so the, the, the number of chefs in the brigade uh, are quite large, uh, for, but for what we produce, it's quite necessary. So it's as close as to fine dining as you'll get um, in New Zealand, uh, but with a little spin on it that we do realise that we're in the country uh, and we do like to promote the, uh, the heritage of, of both the property and the region we're in. Um, but we're also a little island, so we're able to showcase seafood, which is only 10, well, Milford's 11 minutes by helicopter for a crayfish. Um, uh, and then some of the, the Southern Ocean cod and, and other great fish that we get, uh, they're regularly on the menu. Um, and there's always a choice between the fish and, and, and whether it be lamb or beef, farm raised as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's quite the event. No, the food is an incredible event. And that's where I first met Tom and Paul at, at dinner one night and uh, hosting us for drinks. And they're a great couple and um, they really have this passion for what they wanted and they, uh, they have no, um, no letting anything go at all from what they knew what they need to do to make it exactly right but as you can see with so much at this doorstep you need a good amount of time to enjoy and need a good amount of time to relax after all those adventures and great food last time i was there with linda we and i she and i spent the afternoon in the hot tub on the ground floor there gazing out of the remarkables over the lawn and over the lake uh, and just had a couple of bottles of champagne and just had a great time. Um, what other relaxing experiences are available at the lodge? Look, we've got a full spa. Uh, so we've got uh, massage and beauty and, and all of those sorts of things. And I think one of the great things about that here at Blanket Bay, if you go in for a massage in the city, whether it be Philadelphia or wherever you, wherever you are, um, inevitably you come out of the spa and you've got to battle traffic to get back home. Um, well, here you might have to battle a couple of pet ducks, uh, and that's about it. You can go and sit out on the lawn or in one of the many, many areas that we've got spread around the estate uh, and just sit down and, and, and take it all in. Um, breathe the fresh air and, and take a minute just to, to yourself, which is a, a really important part of, um, of a holiday, in my opinion. Um, there is, people do tend to fill their itineraries and quite right because there's a lot to do and see and I, and I, I recommend they do. Um, and often people will stay with us for, for about four nights and that gives us three full days for, for weather on weather calls on the helicopter, on the jet boat. Um, but it also means that we can tack on spa treatments uh, or a lovely casual walk in, in, the, in the national park or in one of the great walks. Uh, if people want to um, head into town and spend a day exploring there, they can do that. And often when people arrive, you'll say, oh, you know, what are you interested in doing? And, and they'll ask you your recommendations, you give them a fair list, and they think, yeah, we can do all that. Um, and then on the fourth day as they're departing, you say, so what did you, what did you do? And often people say, um, Nothing. Yeah, we didn't do a thing, uh, but it was the best day we had. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. 
No, it is. To do, to do nothing at Blanket Bay is, is one of the best things you can do. But for all those reasons, I tend to have my guests, when I have a chance to talk to them, to stay at least three nights, if not four nights at Blanket Bay, and then do a couple of nights in town. So they don't feel like that they don't feel bad about not doing anything at Blanket Bay and just enjoying it. What are the, some of the experiences the guests enjoy from the town? Yeah, look, Queenstown, I remember my, my first trip to, uh, to Queenstown um, and, and it, it always had an impression on me, which is why I've moved down here, obviously. It's, it is such a fun, vibrant town. Uh, the scenery is unbelievable. Um, rock perched right on the edge of the lake uh, and with so much to offer around it, whether it be summer or winter, we're about to get into our ski season now. Um, but of course, the, the bungee jumping started off there. Uh, it's one of the earlier wine regions as well. Um, so for heading out and exploring the wine country, being based in Queenstown is a, is a really good idea. But right down on the lakefront and, and foreshore, there's a lot going on these days, whether it be the old steamship, the old Earnslaw, which still chugs out. It must be 150 years old now, the Lady of the Lake, um, moving, moving across to Alder Peak every day. Uh, there are jet boats right next to that, a very modern contraption in, in comparison. Um, there's some great shopping to be had in Queenstown, a lot of the great outdoor shops. So if people need any of their New Zealand-made hiking gear or some of the merino wool that we love so much, uh, there's a lot of that that people can get. Um, Arrowtown, cute little town just out of Queenstown, 15 minutes out, with still very much a, a, a frontier or wild west sort of facade to it, um, more than just a facade. Uh, it's a, an original gold rush town. Um, there's, a, there are, there's something for everyone, and I think that's the really neat thing about Queenstown, whether it be shopping, drinking wine, or jumping off a bridge, uh, and everything in between, um, you, you're going to be entertained. And beyond that, there's a lot of lovely restaurants. There's some great wineries. Um, there's a, a wine shop there that I think you can taste 200 wines. Um, I don't know anyone who could taste 200 wines, but there are, you know, there are lots of things for people to do when they're, when they're in the town. You also, I'm not sure you mentioned about the golf. There's some great golf courses with the Hills yeah. course, <laughs> Jack's Point, Millbrook, et cetera, for great golfing days and, and to do that. Um, I like to end these series asking a question about your local community and, and your local community is Glenorchy which is this cute little New Zealand town um, where as you said most of your staff live that in the Glenorchy or close by but do you have any positive stories of during the lockdown of community how they've come to support one another or other people around the town? Yeah look it's it's actually been uh, quite humbling um, to see how the community has has reacted to this um, first and foremost, there was a couple, there's a lovely welcome to Glen Orkey sign, which I'm sure you remember, Ian, yeah. um, uh, right at the entrance of town. And when this whole thing broke out, there was a delightful sign that one of the locals put up that said, um, uh, COVID-19, go back to, go back to Queenstown. Um, <laughs> so, so it made the news, the, the news cameras came out and, and did a thing on it and it was, it was all quite tongue in cheek. But I think that probably summed up the community to a certain extent. They've really stuck together. So people helped out with people's shopping. Um, I myself, uh, just before we, we went into lockdown, flew up to Christchurch, picked up my elderly mother and brought her back down and, and we had her down here for about eight weeks to look after her, um, and uh, which was great. She, she, you know, she had come 
company the whole time, spent time with the grandkids and did those sorts of things. But it wasn't just us looking after our family. Uh, the community were, you know, dropping off boxes of groceries to, to some of the, the, the elderly folks that were around. Um, there was a community web, a Facebook page that started up and if people needed help with a, an oven or if, if the fridge had broken down or if there was just about anything, if they saw something, um, <laughs> someone drive into town who shouldn't have been there, uh, a camper van or something like that, um, they were straight onto them like, uh, like hounds. It was great. So it really pulled the community together. And I think what was really neat was on that Facebook page, everyone signed up and said, look, so that everyone knows you're all right, just wave, just a real, real simple thing. Wave to everyone as you drive past, as you walk past and things like that. Obviously, you know, there was no handshake or anything going on. Well, that's continued on. Um, so you go into Glenorchy now and um, everyone, you know, it's left, right and centre, everyone waving at everyone. It's got a, a real charming feel about it. So, uh, yeah, the, the community has... Um, has been really great, really close-knit, looked after each other really well uh, and managed to, look, there, there were zero cases. We, 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 were, um, we were very fortunate that we live in such a pristine part of New Zealand and everyone looks after everyone else. Um, and, and we're now on the other side of it. And for us, other than welcoming your guests, I'm afraid life's back to normal. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful to talk to you tom and learn more about the lodge and share it with the viewers that are watching this today um, i really appreciate your time and i just can't wait to get down there and have a a drink with you in the den before dinner again and just enjoy it and uh, and have a great time um it's just um it's an incredible place to be and I, one i've been to many many times and i look forward to the next visit so again thank you very much tom i appreciate your time and, and effort Thank you, Ian, um, and thank you for all your support over the years. Um, you alluded to it very early on, but I think we've known each other for about 25 years now, yeah. um, and you've always been a, a great supporter, a great advocate through, through tough times as well, um, and I appreciate all, all you've done for, for me personally, uh, as well as this industry here in New Zealand. So, cheers. No worries, mate. See you later. All righty. Cheerio.